Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Can we worship God just for a second? Even if you don't feel like it, He's so worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. Hey, maybe you feel a little defeated, deflated, you came to the right place, but nothing will change that quicker than just giving God some praise. Come on, right where you're at, those online, let's just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that your grace met me where I'm at, that you're so good, you're so faithful. Thank you for daylight savings. Got that extra hour of sleep, except when you got kids, because they still got up at the same time. Come on, how many, for me as a, a preacher that loves high energy, this is my favorite Sunday of the year. So it's gonna be a good one. Just let you know right now. All right, great to have you in church. Let's give it over to the worship team, that's phenomenal. Those watching online, we love you. You can grab your seats. How are we feeling about this mock turtleneck? I'm a little insecure about it, just to be honest. But the lower third of my neck has been awful frosty. So dumb weird brand new to our church it's always this weird so just embrace it it's good to see you all hey heart for the house it's november 1st it is a month of crazy we can cheer a little louder when you just so you know you might be new when we say heart for the house we cheer because we're excited about the opportunity what god gets to do through our lives heart for the house november what an opportunity for us to walk in crazy generosity give like we've never given before so God can do things and take more ground than we've ever seen before. Yeah, this is the first year in a long time we haven't had like a building project for us at Hillsong KC that we're trying to finish or get into something brand new. And so uh, it's brought a little bit of a change in what we're giving to. And first off, I'll just say this. I am so grateful before we even get to Harford the House on the 15th and the 22nd, for the crazy faithfulness and generosity that you've already demonstrated. It's been unbelievable. Across the globe, listen, across the globe, charitable giving, generosity is so far down. But that has not been the case here. Even in the face of like COVID, which has brought a financial crisis, your faithfulness, your generosity, it's honestly been next level. Uh, I don't know if Gabe already said this, but uh, as of this Friday, we've officially given 1.75 meal, million meals out to our community. And that's like above and beyond our normal week in, week out, building the kingdom of God, discipleship, church, all that we do. And so listen, I really prayed like, hey, where can we give to? What can we support around us, in the house, in our nation, in our city, and around the globe that's going to make the biggest impact for Jesus. Just so you know, when it comes to like giving, we don't just give to random things. We build partnerships all with the viewpoint and the mindset and through the lens of salvation, discipleship, and changing the world. Helping people that can't help themselves, but ultimately helping them the most find Jesus. You can give to a thousand different things, but we want to make an eternal impact. Jesus tells us that we, we, we start in Jerusalem, right? Then Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. In the same way, we want to make a worldwide impact, a national impact, and a local impact. Let's talk about what we're going to be giving to. I'll talk more about this in the coming weeks, but I just want to 
get this in your heart. Uh, what we're going to give to around the globe uh, through Vision Rescue, our partnership and ministry that we work closely with. They're part of the Hillsong family in India. Uh, they have stalled out in their generosity. Guess what? Thank God that we have a church in Kansas City that's in connection with them that walks in radical generosity. They've not been able to finish an orphanage. They cannot open it until they get it completed. And we believe we're going to write them a check for the full amount they need to finish it so we can take care of the least of these through Empower International, which is all over Southeast Asia. There is a school in Myanmar. I know you all want a vacation in Myanmar, uh, formerly known as Burma. Uh, it is a Muslim nation where many of the girls don't get to go to school. But because of a private school, a private Christian school that's run by our friends, uh, we can sponsor girls that would not get an education apart from our generosity. I think the school can hold 170 students, and I've just decided, I believe we're going to be able to sponsor 100 girls that would not get an education. Not only that, they're going to get a Christian education. We take care of their clothes, their food, their medical supply, and the cost per kid is what most of us would spend on lunch today. And we're going to believe we're going to do 100, that's per month, we're going to be doing 100 students for the entire year. And that's because of you and I. What are we going to do nationally? Well, we're going to keep building the church. Uh, Hillsong Atlanta starts early in 2021. And we're going to rally around our dear friends Sam and Tony as they build this contagious kingdom church in the heart of a great city. I really believe it's going to be something phenomenal. We give an opportunity uh, to give towards that. Let's talk about locally. Um, every weekend, we're walking in radical generosity. I think we had nearly 200 cars come through that represent 459 families that we fed this week. And that's... Um, Amazing, but there is still more. Now, I was going to have us give to our uh, Thanksgiving outreach, but through Miles of Hope, uh, you out there running, sweating, hustling for Jesus um, in the freezing cold. Gabe was running in a shark costume the other day. And that's actually his normal attire, which is, you know, you do you. Um, we've already received the amount we really need to be able to do all that we want to do. So now we're shifting the attention to Christmas. And every single family that comes through our, our lines for grocery distribution on Fridays, um, many of those, um, they're not going to have, they're going to have a Christmas, and I'm sure it'll be fine. We want to make it spectacular. Uh, we want to get the biggest toy giveaway we have ever done as a church right here in this room where parents can come pick out the gifts for their kids and wrap them so that it's not just the church giving them something. We're supporting the parents walking in generosity towards their own children. We're building the bridge between parents and kids and ultimately between families and church because we're going to invite them. What's going to make it spectacular is they're going to invite them right back to Christmas spectacular where they're going to hear the message of Jesus. And we believe that lives will be forever changed through this key that opens the door called generosity. Um, it's going to open a, like life transformation is going to happen. A lot of the families that come through groceries, uh, we're learning they're English second language families. So we are kicking off a Spanish translation live in service in 2021. We're going to give to that new frontier that we're venturing into as a family of faith. And in the 9 a.m. service on the plaza just now, there's a whole row of young men that are part of an organization called Hope is Alive. What Hope is Alive does all over the nation, 
uh, starting out of Oklahoma, which can prove there's at least two good things that have come out of Oklahoma. <laughs> Myself and Hope is alive. Endless. Three. Um, they buy homes in cities and they turn them into discipleship centers that focus on men and women coming out of addiction. And we've had an incredible opportunity last since August. To, the, the one opened in, um, in Olathe in August and it's already filled to capacity. And we, we run a Bible study there on Monday nights and the guys come to our church. It's been phenomenal. Many of them give their lives to Jesus at our church. It's awesome. And we are going to purchase with them a home for women. They have a men's home for, for women right here in the Northland, which is pretty phenomenal. And so we're going to be taking care of people that maybe can't take care of themselves. But everything we do, we do through the lens of salvation and discipleship and kingdom momentum. So let's be praying and believing for God to speak to us. Obviously, no pressure ever. Your generosity has already been incredible, especially through COVID. But there is more ground to take. And that's why we've been preaching our frontline faith. We believe we're here for a purpose and it's more significant than we even know. So I'm already thanking you in advance just for the time of you praying and asking God, what is your part to play? I believe together we're gonna see God do something that's never been done. When we'll do what we can do, he'll do what only he can do. So let's be excited about it. Let's be about that life. Is that cool? Awesome. Let's pray and jump into the word. I've got 23 minutes and 40 seconds to preach a 30-minute message, so it's gonna go quick. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are so good to us. As we remembered you in communion, let's not forget that the cross is just the beginning of all that you want to do in us. Lord, I pray not just for generosity in hearts, but open hearts to hear the word of God today, to grow, to mature, to take new ground in our inside world. Lord, we pray over our nation as we come into this election. I thank you that we're praying, we're voting, but ultimately we're casting our cares upon you. And Lord, we thank you. You have a will, you have an agenda for our church and even for the nation. We thank you. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen? And Oh, we can amen better than that. Amen? Amen, amen and amen. You know, the number one thing I hear from people when I ask, how you doing? How's your week? How you feeling today? Now, if they grew up super churched, uh, like moi, um, and bilingual in French, uh, they say, uh, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And we all know that, Christian. But if we're all like telling the, the truth, number one thing I hear, how you doing? Uh, five letters, tired. How many hear that one a lot? I, I've said that one a lot. How you doing? Now, this Sunday's the exception. You got one extra hour of sleep. But most Sundays, you ask someone how they're doing, they're going to say tired. We live in a world that is weary. I think particularly those that signed up to serve God on the front lines. I mean, the front lines of a battle, if you go first, you take the shots first. But if you never move forward, the war stalls out. There's a cost at being on the front line. And I want to speak, I think, a message that will speak to you probably right where you're at now or maybe you might be in in the near future. I want to speak about frontline fatigue because we live in a world that is worn out and yet God wants us to live with a spiritual strength, fervor, and passion that isn't just working through us. It's actually contagious 
to the world that's around us. Like, let's be honest, like COVID started out mad chill. It's like, yeah, I'll work from home. Sounds great. Then you got the Zoom calls. You had the shirt and tie on top. You had the sweats that your wife tried to throw away that you pulled out of the trash on because they can't see that on the call. You're wearing the Crocs. You don't even have to get your kids up from school. But then you had to realize ultimately that you had to educate those kids in your home. Now you're having to do real work because you've fallen behind while you're still trying to take care of your kids all in the same household. It is a wearisome season. There's so much going on, so much infighting, bickering, attack, hurt, heartache. It is all happening in 2020. Now our baby girl, seven month old, Goldie, um, she sleeps, don't get mad moms and dads. She sleeps like 12 hours a night. Some of that is my prayer life, because I'm very spiritual. You should try it. No, what that is, is God just knew I could not take any more. God knew it would break me if I didn't get at least a little bit of rest. I'll be honest, full, full disclosure, this has been the most wearisome season for me. If I'm being honest, telling the truth, I have been more worn out with all the mess that's going on in the world, all the uncertainty of church, we're having church, we're not having church, mask on, mask on, all the things we've had to face, add on that, the, the, the heartache, the pain, the financial stress. The, I feel like I know more people, not, not, not sick with COVID, but just sick. I, I've heard there's been a, a rise of just anxiety and bigotry and bickering and everything in between Add on that that the election is coming. Hopefully we know who wins sooner rather than later because this is just a wearisome year. It's an easy year to get run down. We've got this frontline fatigue. Every one of us is probably facing it in some way or another. If you're not worn out at all, it's probably because you're not aware of the world that we're in right now. Because if you look around you, there's a whole lot to be frustrated by or discouraged with. And yet Vince Lombardi, that great football coach, says that fatigue makes cowards of us all. So losing your zeal as a believer, your passion for life as a believer means that we're not courageous. Could say that we're not filled with faith in that place of calling and purpose that God has for us. I remember the first time I shaved. Every guy remembers the first time you shave. Uh, I remember in eighth grade, I had a friend, his name was John Shirky, and he was a man among boys. He had a full-grown mustache in eighth grade. I remember sitting in Mr. Kircher's history class. I don't even know what he was talking about. Could have been Roman Empire, Empire Strikes Back, didn't care. I was marveling at the testosterone levels of my friends. I went home that day and I was like, Mom and Dad, I'm shaving. I am a man and I will shave. They were not listening. Like, yeah, that's great. Jesus saves, whatever you're. So I went down into my dad's, like, I dug deep back in my dad's uh, bathroom and I, I found an old Bic razor. You already know where I'm going with this. Old razor. And I got some Gillette because it's the best a man can get. <laughs> And I lathered on way too much. I had no idea. Way too, I looked like a ginger uh, Santa Claus. And it just didn't seem like it was working. 
And so I just did what anyone would do. I tried harder and harder until there was red and white. I had left half of my face in the sink because a dull blade is actually dangerous. A believer without his or her edge is actually dangerous because we're called to represent Christ. And if we're not in the front lines, if we're too fatigued, then that place goes missing. Or if we're so worn out and weary, we begin to fight with each other, with our spouse against other people, instead of fighting for what really matters. Weariness happens to us, to us all. And if you've lost your edge, you probably have lost your way. If you lose your edge, I think you've lost already before you've even started. I think to be effective, you gotta keep this inside passion and energy that I think is more waning now than ever before. Keeping your passion is a priority. You've gotta keep it. And losing your edge, listen, is a calamity you can't avoid. You do not have to live in the pendulum swing of your emotions based upon the circumstances and situations of the world around us. God has a plan, not just to hit pause on the world and let the world pass you by, but actually run the race that you're called to with endurance. Look at Isaiah 40. It says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. In other words, it happens to you every age and stage of life. Weariness can happen. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, that's who I'm speaking to today. Those that are filled with some faith, we can have a new strength. We can have an inside strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They can walk and not faint. Notice that the answer to frontline fatigue isn't just stopping. It doesn't say that you quit running or quit walking. It says that you can do that without weariness. I think many times when we're worn out, we just want to hit the pause on everything. We want to stop everything. And I do think many of us need a simpler life. In fact, God's plan is for you to have a very simple life. It's first and foremost, Jesus and his kingdom. Secondly, it's everyone else. Thirdly, it's you. And if you would live that simple, then maybe you can eliminate, eliminate some of the distractions in your life that are causing you more pain than they're actually producing joy but the reality is this, that we're all going to grow weary, but we cannot stop what we're called to do. We've got to find a new strength. The answer isn't stopping. Although I do believe in a time to stop every week, the Bible calls it a Sabbath. Uh, Sabbath, it says in Hebrews, is still in effect. Just so you know, you didn't grow up church. Sabbath is a holy day. It is not a day for you to sit around and like just pray all day. If that's what you do to rejuvenate. That's beautiful. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But it's a day of just ceasing from work. It's finding God in that moment, but it's finding rest for your soul. And yet many of us, we push it to the max every single day. No wonder we are weary. You need a moment to pause, to quit working, to let God do an inner work in you, to rejuvenate you. In fact, some of the things I do on my Sabbath are not spiritual at all. Sometimes I play golf, which is more like hell on earth than heaven on earth. But I, I, I like being outside, and when I'm outside, I, I get out of my office, and I, I get out of my grind, and 
I actually get some rejuvenation in that. But I'm not talking about what the things we're stopping. I'm actually going to give you some things that you can do. And I'm really, I am preaching what I've been participating in these last few weeks. And I think it's going to help you. And I want to talk about keeping the pace. Because it says we're called to run and we're called to walk. But we can do it in a way that doesn't wear us out. we got to keep the pace. And good news for all you note takers, i got an acronym for you. It's been a long time when you hit that. Now I have the pressure to get to all four parts of this. We're going to talk about pace. There's a pace to keep running at and to keep walking at. First one is this, to fight this frontline fatigue that you might be facing right now. I've got to learn and participate in praying and praising until I find joy. Normally we pray only when we have problems. But God wants to be in constant contact and communication with you. In fact, I know when I speak to believers that are filled with worry, doubt, and despair, if they've been bringing that to God's attention or just holding it internally or passing it to those around them locally, because I can tell they're still carrying it. But when you learn to pray and praise in the right way, even when you don't feel like it, you learn to transfer the weight of worry off of your, like adequate, can get some things done in your ability to God's shoulders. It says about Jesus that he can carry the whole weight of all government on his shoulders. We need him to do that now more than ever, but he can handle the weight of the world. And yet if you're just carrying that thing upon yourself, not ever giving that over to God, no wonder you're worn out because you're carrying something you were never called to carry. I know that praying and praising is effective because it's the last thing I want to do when I'm worn out. It must be like, what's the, what do I want to add to my life? I don't want to add prayer and praise. I want to add carbs and complaining. Like, that's what I want to do. But if I would begin to walk in even sacrificial prayer and praise, when I don't feel like it, prayer and praise, I can find joy. Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. Bring your requests. Give God thanks for what it, that's the praise part. Give God thanks. I'm not just giving him my problems. I'm giving him some thanks. And then I begin to change my perspective. It says that I can have a supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding if I don't just carry it on my own shoulders, but I give it to the one who cares for me. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. In other words, this is an inside-out job. That if I can prosper in my inside world, it's going to affect my outside world. But most of us, we're affected by our outside world that then drains us in our inside world. But if we would focus our attention on getting our internal world right, our external world right might not change overnight, but God would change us even through this fight that we might be in. It's an inside-out battle, 2 Corinthians 4. Paul understood this. He says, I'm hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I got a lot coming against me. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Verse 16 says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Hold on to that inner edge. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly, God's making me better. Inward, my outward situation is getting worse, but my inward situation is getting better. I, I'm getting stronger. It's getting renewed day by day. And in viewpoint of all that God is doing in me and through me, these light and momentary afflictions are producing for me a glory that far outweighs any temporary suffering or struggle that I might be stepping into right now. 
So I fix my attention on not what I can see, but what is unseen, because what I can see is subject to change. It's not going to last for forever. COVID is not going to last forever. Financial crisis is not going to last forever. Election, not going to last forever. Some of the problems I'm facing, not going to last forever. But what God's doing in me, this is eternal. My inside world is going to pass the test of longevity. So I can look to the issues around me, or I can look for the God who's for me. You've got to learn that when you're feeling low, you exalt God. A lot of us want to exalt our problems. You need to learn to exalt your problem solver. I love what David does in Psalms 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. Not just good. We normally want to praise God in the good times. Today, when the Chiefs are playing the worst team ever in football, the Jets, after our 30th touchdown today, we want to exult. We're excited. But what about when we lost to the Raiders a couple weeks? What is wrong? There must have been some sin in the camp. You guys need to pray harder. No, I exalt the Lord at all times, when I'm winning and when I'm losing. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Hey, listen, David says, let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let's tell of the Lord's greatness. Hey, let's do this thing together. Let's exalt his name together. You need a praise game. You need a praise group. If the people around you aren't participating in praise, you need a new squad. I want to have a squad that no matter what we're facing, we see God as one worthy of all praise and all glory. I prayed to the Lord. He answered me. He freed me from my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. This is what I want you to see about exalting. Exalting God when you do not feel like it reminds you in your inside world of the divine order of things. Then when God's up there, it's going to be okay for me down here. Even when I can't see how I'm going to get to there, I know that he's got me in here. But here's another part. When I begin to lift him up, then I'm reminded that I'm actually seated with Christ in heavenly places. So if I lift him higher, guess what? That's where I live. I don't live subject to the world's circumstances. I live seated in heavenly places with Jesus. If he's up there and in control, then I can be down here and at peace. I've got to learn to pray and praise my way to joy, to fight fatigue. I've got to add adventure to your life. I'm not talking about just like going mountain biking. That's sign language for mountain biking, by the way. I'm not talking about cliff diving or bungee jumping. I'm talking about a kingdom adventure. You were met and positioned on the earth to make Jesus known. You are a gatekeeper of salvation for someone else. And when you get that in your heart and the right perspective, you no longer see your tomorrow as a case of the Mondays. It's not a nine to five anymore. Yes, you have a job to do, but you have a holy calling to do that actually invigorates your spirit, man, because the coworkers that you're interacting with or the people on your block or those in your school or your friends that you've had from even high school, these are people that you are on mission for. So no matter what your job is, you have a calling. It's to bring heaven to earth, to bring salvation to people. It's to bring the good news about what God did for you to them so they can experience this gift of God, this grace that we, we now live in. This invigorates, this shoots adrenaline into your spirit, man. 
when you realize you might be one conversation with someone away from a breakthrough for them to receive Jesus. Some of my upbringing, I lived in Southern California. I could tell you there was a huge difference in the day I was waking up to go to school and the day we were going to Disneyland. Some wives understand this. The day you've got to get your husband out of bed to get him to work or to help out or the day he's getting up to play golf. He already gone. Why? Because when you know there's something you're looking forward to that morning, it's a lot easier to get out of bed and out of the routine and out of the grind and get on to the thing you really want to do. This is why you shouldn't just want to succeed in your life, although I think God wants to bring success into those that seek him first and honor him. Your, your goal is not just to get through the work day and get to Friday, five o'clock. Your goal is to bring heaven to earth. And when you get in a hold of that kingdom adventure, it exhilarates your soul. In Numbers 16, it's a crazy story, like this plague of fire is breaking out against the Hebrews, and high priest Aaron steps in with, a, with like a censer, which is like this, this incense burning, and it says that he makes like atonement for the people, and wherever he stood, the death and destruction stopped. It says in Numbers 16, verse 48, he stood between the dead and the living, the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. Can I tell you, that's what the church does? that we stand for the living Savior. And wherever we go, all the death, decay, and destruction of this world, the Bible says that he's gonna build his church, which isn't a building or facility. It's not an organization, it's a people. It's you and me. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, against your life, against where you live and where you lead and where you serve. And so wherever you stand, you stand between the living and the dead. And you are one bringing atonement to those that need a savior. You're a carrier of Jesus. Jesus says you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. This is why your Monday and your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday are so significant. Church isn't about Sunday. It's about salvation every day. If you're going to live that way, you're going to live with a renewed energy. How do I fight fatigue? I've got to care for others. In 10 years of building this church, I have seen that the believers that serve and the believers that give and the believers that are faithful live fueled up, not based upon the world around them, but based upon what they see as a privilege that they do for others, what God allows them to do for the world around them. Look, 2020 has got a lot of take care of yourself. It's got a lot of distancing. It's got a lot of myopic viewpoints. It's got a lot of treat yourself. Nothing wrong with getting a little break. Nothing wrong with, with, with taking a rest. Nothing wrong with a hobby or any of that stuff. But ultimately, we live in service to God when God is most concerned about service to people. I love that about our church, that we, every Friday, there's a crew. And honestly, I see the same people more than not show up. And I know these guys and girls, they got busy lives, but they see it as an opportunity to serve and to give. Jesus says, whoever loses his life for my sake will gain life, real life. Proverbs 11 says, hey, you'll prosper when you walk in generosity. Generous person will prosper. And one that refreshes others himself will be refreshed. So if you've been a little defeated, I'm not saying serve more. I'm just saying get the right heart and spirit that lives to serve. I'm not saying never take a break from serving. It's not about Sundays. I'm talking about looking at your life as a person that serves humanity, that serves the hurting world that's around us. And there's just this divine exchange that occurs when I continue to run after God's purposes for my life. I continue to live for his mission. Maybe even at a fast pace. 
I begin to experience like an inside rejuvenation. My capacity increases. My endurance increases. Uh, my endurance grows when I pour out. I get then filled up. I know this every Sunday. No matter what I'm facing throughout the week, I'm up here. In fact, in 2020, more than I ever have before since the first two years of the church. I'm probably preaching 44, 45 times this year. I'm not up here playing a violin because I love it, but it's been a lot. But through COVID and everything, I just feel like this is the time. Hopefully, y'all wanted to hear from me. And as I've been pouring out, I'll say this, every single Sunday, I felt a little bit depleted physically, but I've left even this marathon of Sunday mornings rejuvenated spiritually, where by the time it's over, I am ready to do it again. And I am in a great anticipation and salivating, because I've been spitting a lot lately, sorry, COVID. I'm like, cannot wait to get to the next Sunday so God can do something significant. I'm not talking about me. Let me talk about you. You were meant to serve other people. God has left you on the planet to walk in service and generosity to others. As you pour out, you will find yourself living full. Prayer and praise, adventure, caring for others, eliminating toxicity. There is some situations in your life. There's a hidden hangup, a relationship that hurts. There's something you maybe you've been hiding. Maybe it's a mentality or a way of thinking. Maybe it's an attitude or behavior. It says in Hebrews 12, we got to learn to shake it off. The sin is so easily ensnares us so that why? We can run with endurance the race set before us. Keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the thing that you've just been doing for yourself. You think no one else sees? Obviously God sees. But when you bring it to him, he will forgive you when you talk to him honestly. But God actually heals you in community. The Bible says we confess our sins to one another. We pray for each other and you'll find healing. Toxic thoughts, attitudes, actions, maybe even toxic people. They're costing you more in your inside world than you might know. Jesus is an extreme example in Matthew 18. He says, if your hand offends, cut it off. Like my sound effects today. If your foot offends, your leg offends, it's got to go. If your eye is offensive to you, pluck it out, Cyclops. We're moving on. What is he saying? Is he saying hurt yourself? Not at all. He's saying go to extremes to not let things hurt you. Go to extremes to eliminate any toxicity of sin or situations or a secret that's costing you. I see this with my kids. I don't even know what they did wrong yet. I've asked them to do something, or they made a mess, or they broke something. I can just see it on their countenance. And now I've learned. I got them. Well, what, what happened? They think I know, but I have no clue. They just have a heaviness when they know that they've done something wrong. And some of you carry that every single day of your life. Can I tell you, because of what Jesus has done, you don't have to carry it anymore. But like a cancer, if you don't cut it out, it will cost you in the end. Toxicity isn't always a sin issue. Sometimes it's the sound of someone else's voice. You're allowing to resonate in your ear louder than the sound of God. You've got to eliminate that from your life. To fight the fatigue, to keep the pace, some of us need to push reset on some problems or some problem people maybe in our world. 
Exodus 33, God says, as long as my presence is with you, you can have rest. Guess what? As a believer, you always have his presence. You can always live from that place of God rest. I love this because ultimately, we're not after just making progress or growing in our faith. It's not about all the things you need to do. It's not about pace, really. It's about a person. It's that you can come near to Jesus because he wants to get closer to you. If you're worn out, the problem solver is Jesus, and he's here for you, and he's here now for you. Are you tired, Matthew 11? Worn out, burn out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Hey, we're not stopping. You're going to walk with me. We're still on the journey. Walk with me. And hey, we're not stopping working. You're still serving. Work with me. Watch how I do it. I love that Jesus doesn't just tell us. He shows us. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Why don't you stand to your feet? Those online, I want to pray for you. If you've been weary, let today be your day. We're trading out the sorrow or the shame or the struggle for praise, for presence, for power. He wants to show up right here, right now. Hey, I want to do an old school altar call style. Every eye open, everyone watching. Let's tell the truth in church. It says, hey, confess our sins to God. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Confess our sins to each other. We pray he'll heal us. I'm not saying being weary is a sin, but I tell you it's a situation you can't afford to keep any longer. If you have been tired, worn out, stressed out, anxious, depleted, or exhausted in the presence of our church family, would you just say, Pastor Kyle, that's me. Hey, I got my hand up for real, not as an example, as a, as a real ask, for I need God's grace and rejuvenation. More than half the hands are up here. So let's believe that in our unity and in our humility, that God's going to command some change in this place. So what you walked in here with, you're leaving, it's going to fall at the cross of Christ, and you're going to find fresh wind, fresh encouragement, a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Can we pray together? And then we're going to worship. Father God, I thank you for everyone in this room, everyone watching online, whenever they might see this, that is saying, I'm weary, but I know you want to do an inner work. So God, I refuse to look at my situation and be frustrated. I'm looking to my problem solver, my savior, and I'm going to be rejuvenated. I thank you. I am trading anxiety for peace. I'm trading heaviness for freedom. I'm trading my brokenness for wholeness and every place of lack insecurity, inferiority, or depletion, I thank you, Jesus, but by your power and your grace that you're filling me to overflow. And even if I don't feel it in this moment, I am going to pray and praise until your joy comes complete in my inside world. I thank you that no weapon in hell can stop your inner work of what you want to do in me and through me. In Jesus' mighty name, let's worship.